I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Come Along Pond or Pondcast if you want. A Doctor Who discussion podcast with your two best friends. Damla. And Elliot. Oh my god. It's a new series. Hello. Hey. Hi. Zamla. It's actually happening. It's a new series. We are, you know, ding dong merrily on high. All that shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, don't sing, Susan. Sounds bad. Madness. Yeah. How are you? Sad. We only have a series and a bit worth of Russell T. Davis content to talk about. Well, actually, no, I guess that's untrue. November's coming pretty quick, but still. This is true. Sad. It's sad. But you know what? It's exciting nonetheless, because we're getting to some it really is. interesting episodes. And Series 4's got some some cheeky little surprises for you guys. Stay tuned, didn't it? Stay tuned. Some bangers, but how are you? I'm all right. I'm not gonna lie. I'm feeling a, a bit mad tired this morning because I was at the Boy Genius gig yesterday in London. And if you were there, hello. You probably were because everyone who listens to this is queer. So that was fun. Uh, saw Phoebe Bridges, saw her boobies, saw her foobies, as it were. It was great. It was amazing time. Um. Yeah, no, so that was fun. Uh, saw Moona, saw Ethel Kane, Miss Ethel. You know, it was just the gayest thing I've ever been to in my life, and it was wonderful. Uh, but I am very tired because it was hot. I was on my feet all day, and I barely ate anything. So, you know, don't don't, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Drink water, eat food, please. Yeah, please, um, actually do the things you're supposed to do. Anywho. Yes. Also, false, this is the gayest thing you've ever done. Oh, this is true. No, this is true. This is the gayest thing I've ever done. Absolutely. Thank you for the correction. 
But before we get into Three Mile Corner, just want to touch on some housekeeping for Cap. Some of you may have noticed, most of you probably haven't, but we now have ads on episodes. Yes, that's right. We have ads because we're what? Girl bosses. That's what we are. So we are both creatives. We are creative people who, quite frankly, need to put food on the table. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure you can understand that. So we have actually gone back. Well, I've gone back and edited all of the older episodes to get rid of any copyrighted content, except for the first couple of episodes of series one because couldn't find the audio anywhere. So that's just going to stay as is. But Father's Day onwards, everything is copyright free. Don't worry, BBC. Don't kill us. Um, <laughs> and also brand consistent with our wonderful shiny theme tune. Yeah, that was composed by the lovely Evan. Again, link in the show notes for his details. But yeah, so that's what's going on. Um, I understand that might be annoying for some people, but there is always the 30 second skip button, which is right there on your screen. So feel free to press that. Or there's a Patreon tier. And there is a tier for ad-free listening. Absolutely. So if you want to get some ad-free episodes, please go to the Patreon and take a look over there. But yeah, I'm sure you guys will understand. Most of you will be, I know, I'm sure, be very supportive of our decision to do this. Um, but yeah, it's it's all very exciting over here. But yeah, again, it's very easy to skip through them if they really bother you. So feel free to do that. Um, but yeah, that's what's happening. It's regenerated again. We like to keep it fresh every series. Do you know what I mean? I know some of you will probably miss some of the old intros that we had, like you know with like quotes from the show, things like that. But you know what? We don't own that shit. The BBC own that shit and we don't want to deal with copyright. So there you go. Respect things are owned by other people, I guess. <laughs> um, but yes, so that's that. So thank you again for all the support and we hope you'll stick around for the continued Come Along Pond podcast nonsense. It's all going to be the same. There's just some advert. It's not that different. Promise. Promise you. And something that has stayed the same and will always stay the same, we hope, is Three Mile Corner. Three Mile Corner! Hello. My turn now. Your turn. I, I have... Uh, now, let me count. One, two, three! Three emails. Oh, my God. To read. Um, picked entirely at random because we have a lovely plump inbox again. So, first email. And... Okay, this one is actually picked with a bit more reason behind it. But shh. This is from Amy. And they say, hi, Damler and Elliot. Love Doctor Who and love the podcast. Well, that's a good combo. Something yeah. that screams out to me in the finale of Series 3 is Leo. The Master didn't capture Leo, therefore he wasn't on the Valiant and didn't experience that year, along with his family, and will be the only one of the family who didn't experience everything that happened. So do you think this caused any issues down the line? with the Jones family. Hope you read this out before you do the review of the episode so you can discuss it. No, we didn't. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You were just too late. Many apologies. Batch recording. But thanks, Amy. And thanks, Amy. That's how they signed off the email. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Leo. Here's the thing with Leo, right? Obviously, Mr. Reggie Yates plays this character. Stan Reggie Yates since day one. OG fan. Um... He was obviously just so busy, wasn't he? He must have been, you know, He's always busy. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I do think it is very inconsistent. I'm not going to lie. Like, I get, you know, I think they wrote it into the show well. Like, you know, just he got he went off to hide um, and whatever. But we just, 
You know, it is a bit strange, but I don't think it caused that much of a rift. They probably just didn't want to get him into it because obviously he wouldn't remember any of it. So I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Elliot? I think it's an, it would be interesting to have explored if Martha had stayed on for another series. But, you know, other than Francine, there's no Jones family that ever come back. Yes. So it, it, I'm sure it probably might have caused some internal friction. But that is friction I would have liked to have seen played out on screen. I would have too, um, actually. Um, but there you go. But, yeah. What are you going to do? Go back in time? <laughs> uh, <gasps> uh, anywho. Uh, our next email is from Jack. And they say, Hello, Damler and Elliot. Hope you're both doing well. I wanted to write and say how much I enjoy your podcast. I've listened to every episode now. And as I work nights, listening to you makes otherwise boring so it's a lot more enjoyable. I am currently rewatching through the show with my best friend who's never seen it before. We just started Series 7 and he's enjoying it so far, even though I personally think it's one of the worst series of the whole show. Boo, Series Disagree. 7. Disagree. Best Matt Smith series. Literally. Yeah. Some might say he's the only good one. My question for you both <gasps> is, what is your favourite season of the entire show if you had to pick one? Oh, God. Oh, good question. We've not been asked this before. No. Eek. Good question, Jack. Eek. Actual eek, squeak, all of that. So... Elliot, what would you say is yours? Because I'm stuck between two, I feel like. Um, I have a lot of, as I'm sure everybody probably realised, I have a lot of undying love for series two. Um, I don't actually really think there's a bad episode in there. Yeah. Yeah. So probably, probably that, but I mean, there's some classic... Seasons that are just hit after hit, like I mean, season twenty five and twenty six are pretty much back to back bangers. Even I mean, classic season two is like pretty much back to back bangers as well. Mm-hmm. There's a couple in there that I'm not bothered about, but yeah, yeah, there's some, there's too many to name, but probably series two or season twenty six. Yeah, what are you? See, I have a lot of undying love for series two as well. We know this. We know this. We love that series. I sometimes actually think about how we, we won't really be talking about it again in its entirety, and it makes me sad. Um, because my thoughts on that series are ever-changing and ever-growing, genuinely. But then watching back the series, because obviously, again, you have to bear in mind, I don't have much reference for classic series because I've not gone through it yet. Yet. Underline, yet. Um, man, it's really hard. Because series two and series four are battling it in my head. They're really battling in my head because they're the ones I rewatch the most. Okay, okay, because I feel sorry. I'm really prolonging this, but like, there's objectively, what is the better Jack's, series? Jack's got bored now. No, no, Jack has actually clicked off and unfollowed us at this point. So <laughs> sorry, but it's like objectively, there's a good series, and then there's like in my heart, in my soul, just go, yeah, just go with yourself. Because I mean, objectively, I think series four is probably better than series two. Series yeah. two is like the main Russell series that people really rag on, but it's my personal favorite. Yeah. For now, I'm sure this answer will change. I want to say series two as well. Good. Because it's the best one. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. the only one yeah. I won't criticise. Yeah. So we got the fireplace. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> Jack off by saying, sorry if I was too formal or too awkward. I've never written into anything before. Oh, well, you have now. Yeah, and it was Thank great. Thank you for the podcast. I'm excited to see or hear your opinions on series four. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Jack. No, Jack, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And our final email is from George. And now this is just one incredibly long 
suggestion, but it's it's a joyride, so I think everybody's okay. gonna gonna have fun with it. Go for it. They say, "Hey, love the podcast so much. It makes my six a.m. starts at work a bit more bearable." Just emailing to say, "Please, please, please, do an episode on class because hot take incoming. It's my favorite spin-off." Eek. Oh yeah. Eek. I said it. I'm a sucker for a narrative arc and series, which Sarah Jane and Torch would generally like. Obviously, with the exception of Children of Earth and Miracle Day, both of which I love, despite Miracle Day being so damn American. I know class is, class is very divisive in the fandom, and lots of people seem to hate it, but I genuinely don't know why. It has an interesting story, and actually kind of terrifying main villain, and creepy, creepy secondary villains. And the episodes form perfect commentaries and explorations of topics like grief, drawing masculinity, etc. So, just before I move on to the next bit, just a point to say that we will be doing class at some point. Absolutely. The the energy here is just gonna it's gonna have to wait for I don't know, whenever class whenever class comes along canonically, we'll be talking about class anyway. Yeah, try and stop us. Episode six is an amazing bottle episode, which I think is on par with Midnight. Although the vibes are quite different because you've got a group of friends compared to a group of strangers, and oh my god, the cliffhanger in the finale is so good, it really had me hyped for series two, and then it got cancelled and I died a little on the inside. Really hope Big Finish pick it up for a proper continuation. I know Secret Diary of a Rhodian Prince was past the finale slightly, but not properly, and I need more. Basically, TLDR, please do an episode in class, it's so good, and I want to hear your opinions on it. Anyway, I love the podcast, keep it up. P.S. Never going to forgive Damla for vetoing Come Along Podcast. You say you love fun, but the evidence suggests otherwise. Ha! Right. George. <laughs> Listen, I've learned the error of my ways, but it's done now. The damage is done. The damage is done. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, when I, I, I honestly, George, uh, you know, you might, you might have some awful talk to opinions. Um, but your jokes, top tier. I read that, I fell about. <laughs> well, okay, class. <laughs> it's a download just to bully her. No, um, honestly, it's. Look, let's talk about the question at hand. Let's talk about the topic at hand. Let's stop talking about me. Anyway, class. I've seen it. Elliot has not seen it. Mm-hmm. Shock horror. I really like class. I actually really like class. I really enjoy it. Um, I think it should have got a series two, but we move. Um, do I think it's perfect? No. Not even close. But is it fucking fun? And is Miss Quill a character that should be in the show? Absolutely. Miss Quill Supremacy. Also, the guy who plays Charlie, Greg Austin, is fucking fit. And that's that. So yes, we will be talking about class. Do we think it is a victim of mismarketing in the until I started this podcast? Me, a big Doctor Who fan, didn't know that class existed. I think it is a victim of mismarketing. I also think the school setting was a massive detriment to the show. Yeah, anyway, I'm going to save the thoughts for when we talk about it because it's going to be a discussion, I tell you that much. It's any, coming. Any spin-off you can think of, it's coming canonically when we get to it. Redacted. Class, all of the rest of Tortured and Sarah Jane, Canine and Company, the Sill movie. It's a, uh, the Peter Cushing as, movie. As loved by Jeremy Corbyn. It's all coming. The Peter Cushing movies. They're all happening at some point. It's all going to happen, so don't worry. Just maybe not as soon as you would like. Unfortunately, sorry. Yeah, and maybe not so much big, con- big finished content because, you know, Spenny. Um, Spenny, but also, I mean, look, if you want to us the to... to buy Big Finish sets, <laughs> yeah, like, like if you want us to review specific Big Finish, support us on the Patreon, guys. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, absolutely. But yes, thank you so much for that email. Yes, thank you, George. Before we go into the episode, again, a reminder: follow follow us on socials, guys. You know, we have a lot of fun over there. Uh, if you want updates, Instagram is the place to go. Go on TikTok for snippets, cute vibes. I'm just plugging everything right now. You're just, you're just doing the outro. I'm doing the outro uh, in the intro because I'm 
Iconic. So look, basic, basically, look, at the end of the day, we're all said and done. What Dan was trying to say is if you if you were to support us on Patreon, it would make uh, Christmas come early. Absolutely. Roll credits. Roll credits. So, gorge yourself up on turkey and don't talk to your racist relatives because today we are talking about Voyage of the Damned was broadcast on the 25th of December 2007 it was directed by James Strong and it was written by Russell T. Davis Russell Again, back again Back at it again with with a fun one It's a fun one, you know Like, it's long but it's long. But it's but it's fun. It is fun. Just about the elephant in the room, real quick. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's an elephant in the room, and that's a question I have, because okay, <laughs> Elliot, stop laughing. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. All right. No, no, okay. I just I've never 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 not impressed by <laughs> the beauty of your segways. My segways are the worst things in the world. They're amazing. So, so the question is, my darling, because because I know what this episode's about, okay? Mm. Google knows what it's about. IMDb knows what it's about. Wiki thinks it knows what it's about, but it doesn't know what it's about because I know that you know what it's about. So prove Wiki wrong and tell me, what is this bloody episode about? Voyage of the Damned, what is it about? This episode is presenting to us, the viewer, the, the age-old queer dilemma Kylie Minogue or Russell Tovey, how do you pick? Yeah. The answer is, you don't. You marry both of them. Yeah, that's right. I know that's right. I know that's right. Yeah. Gay Panic, the episode. Down, what do you think the episode is about? I think what this episode is about is how we as a collective, as a human race, we need to stop glorifying... And naming things after the Titanic. Like, stop glorifying the Titanic. Stop naming things after it. Because what happens? Death. But people people forget, you know, there was over yeah, there was over two hundred miles of very plain sailing on the Titanic before anything bad went wrong. But yes, but then there's also the obsession with the <laughs> Titanic and how people who are billionaires will pay to go into a sardine tin to go down to the ship. But then you get crushed by this, the, the, the force of the fucking ocean. Sorry, I'm not trying to be insensitive, but like people need to stop because anything around the Titanic is bad luck. Just stop. Just stop it. Look, you know, uh, the, uh, you know I'm, I'm, I'm mixed on the movie, but you know, look, J- you know, James Cameron did all the definitive Titanic stuff. He made like a three-hour movie about it. He went and explored all the wreckage. It's fine. Just leave it now. Yeah, James Cameron knows what he's doing, and you lot don't. So let's just leave it there. Um, that's what I think it's about. But I think I want to go back to what you just brought up. I mean, Russell Tovey and Kylie Minogue. I mean, the gays were fed, like plain and simple. We were fed. It's a very, very gay episode, in the best way possible. I wanna 
want to open with a hot, hot, a hot, hot take. Go on. It's gonna get. It's gonna get me. It's gonna be how I get cancelled. It's gonna get me okay. cancelled. Okay. Cool. Um, and by that I mean some people might get angry at me on Twitter. Um, and even then we don't have Twitter presence anymore. So, <laughs> but can't wait for the emails. It's the start of a new series. We have a new theme tune. Loki hate it. Oh really? I don't like it. The the first three series, the theme tune is, in my mind, never to be topped. Ever. And you ruin it by putting a sort of cheesy guitar riff and uh, I hate it. Don't don't do not like it at all. One bit. One iota of me does not like it. So you don't like the series four version of the intro? No. Not at all. I don't hate it. Sorry. I don't I mean there are fucking there are worse. But I think oh, when you've yeah. got when you've got perfection, you dip down to mediocrity, it makes it look worse in comparison. Like it's fine, but it sounds like a you know, it's just I don't know. It's it's just what what were they thinking? There are so many stories in this series that would be better if it had the proper theme. I mean look, when you go back and listen to the series one and two soundtrack even the series three soundtrack, and then you listen to the series four. It has to be said the the intro for series one, two, and three is better. Like I agree, but I don't hate the series four one. No, like I said, they're definitely worse. So we have, like I said, Russell Tovey, Alonso. Uh, I love Russell Tovey. I've said this on the podcast before. I he was my pick to play the Doctor for a while, uh, which I know is a really basic choice, but I am a basic bitch. Um, I own a Hydra flask. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I I'm nothing if not unoriginal. And then you get the wonderful Kylie. And no, I don't mean Jenna. Do you know how many times? Right, sorry, just side thing. Anytime I say Kylie to people, and I'm sure the listeners, I, I, well, I hope they haven't experienced this. But I say, oh yeah, like you know when Kylie did this thing, people go, who Jenna? And I'm like, absolutely not. Of course I'm no Kylie Minogue. What? No. what? <laughs> Kylie is Kylie Minogue. Like Kylie is Kylie Minogue. Sorry, like yeah, ridiculous. Sorry, I just wanted to clarify that. Um, Kylie Minogue. Here's the thing. I feel like people when she was in this episode, when she was announced. I remember at the time as well. The discussion was like, "Oh, why are we getting a singer to play a role?" And it's like, "Oh, she's also an actress." Like, did you watch Neighbours? Have you heard of that show? Like, also, even if she was just a singer, right? Do you guys remember Billy Piper? Yeah, things Russell's really good at doing like stunt casting, but stunt casting for times when it doesn't feel egregious, like you know, Christmas special. You want loads of people watching, get a big name in. Did it last Christmas with Catherine Tate. Yep. Next, does it next Christmas with David Morrissey? Yeah, like, and it always works. Sorry, like, actually go argue with the wall. Actually, tell someone who gives a shit. Kylie in this episode. Okay, listen, listen, listen. Is Astrid also Astrid Peth? Good name. Just want to like want to put it out there. Is Astrid has she got that much personality? No, she doesn't really. But let's be look. Let's be honest. Does she have a fuck ton of charisma? And does Kylie play her really well? Absolutely. Like, I personally, I don't know you how you feel, Elliot, but I really, I just love her presence in this. I would have loved to have seen Astrid become a companion. That was never going to happen because it's Kylie and she's really, really busy. Um, but I really enjoy her presence in this episode. I adore Astrid. 
and she should be protected at all costs. Yeah, no, she's really easily likable, and I don't know if it's just my enjoyment of Kylie Minogue already, yeah. but she feels very warm on screen. Like you say, she doesn't necessarily have a particularly deep or interesting character arc. She kind of starts just as being a good person, but, you know, she's performed well. It's really fun to have running around with the Doctor. Yeah. Um, you know, I I enjoy that the romance is kind of limited to just her thinking that he's hot, because same. Um, yeah. You know, it's good. She's good. She's good to have around. It's good to have around for a series, for a special. Absolutely. I okay, so I have a note here that's probably a bit controversial. Um, so I want to come in with a controversial take. Am I allowed? Am I allowed to do that so soon after yours? Fuck it, yes, because I'm also a co-host here. I think, <laughs> I think that Astrid and Ten are actually really cute. Like every time they would interact, I was like, oh, adorable. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's why. Yeah, you know, I it's it. it, it adds to me being like, I understand why people just fall in love with this version of the Doctor all the time is because just as soon as he turns up, he's just out of being a nice person just completely transforms her life. Um, Because he's just nice. But, you know, if your life is crap and then someone comes along and just does one very nice thing for you, you're going to fall in love. It's This is the thing. It's like, even if Ten didn't fancy her, which he does... Because he does. Because I and I feel like that might only be in there because I feel like David Tennant just very clearly fancied Kylie. Well, yeah, no, he did. It was actually a known thing. Like he, I think it was in Confidential as well. I, you know, don't fact you can fact check me if you want. I don't know, but no, I no, I'm pretty sure I remember them talking about it. Yeah, but I just wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if that angle of it's played up because he's got like a little schoolboy yeah. crush on her. It, it absolutely. Um, I think you know, like because you know when he takes Astrid to Earth. One of my favourite scenes. So cute. Not just because Bernard Cribbins is in it, which we'll get to, but, you know, he just thought, you know what? I think she just needs a push in the right direction to live a little, and I'm going to do that. And I think it's really sweet. But, you know, I think they're really cute. I think their interactions are adorable. Their height difference makes me want to scream because it's so cute. Like, oh. And, and she's and she's already wearing gigantic heels. Yeah, and she's a pea. She's a pea. And... One of my favourite scenes is when he's like, usually she's like, oh, you look good for 900. And he's like, oh, you should see me in the morning. And she's like, okay. Iconic. She's so real for that. She was so real for that. Like, and it's just, oh, that's just so cute. And then like, like even their kisses, I don't hate them. I don't hate the kisses. I don't know. What about you? Like, I, lo- I love the one where she's like, there's a, there's a tradition on Planet Stowe. And he's like, I've really got to go. And then she gets on that little box because, again, she's tiny and just gives him a massive peck. And it's like adorable. And then at the end, I mean, look, the kiss, when he kisses the hologram, we're going all over already. Um, When he kisses the hologram. It's silly, but I'm also like, it's Christmas. Fuck it. Fuck it. Yeah, I Doctor Who at Christmas is allowed to be a bit more sanguine, a bit more mushy, and a bit more, you know, it's it's fine. Doesn't matter. She's never gonna stick around. Yeah. So, you know, have them have them make out. Who cares? I don't, Who cares? I just I don't care. I don't care when people get upset about the Doctor being romantic. I don't care. I literally I do not give a fuck. Yeah. On any level. Well, the, your life. the only time it gets, I mean, again, this always this episode is haunting us, Elliot. Like, honestly, the only time we truly 
hate it and have feelings about it is Girl in the Fireplace. Like that is I yeah. detest all of that. And it's really funny because I actually saw actually saw something the other day where someone was saying that the only reason people dislike Girl in the Fireplace is because Stephen Moffat dares not to treat uh, Rose like she's the most important person on the planet. But it's not that; it's because they are in a committed, stable relationship, and out of nowhere, he starts having sex with a French woman that he met as a child. Not sex, but you know Steve. what I mean. Basically, yeah. I mean, come on. Also, come on. Absolutely, the rose thing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah, exactly. That's not my main complaint with it. But also, yes, the, she the is the most thing. important person in the room. What do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah. Come on, come on. Um, but yeah, I just I really love how sweet they are together, and they're so cozy, and it's adorable. But then on top of that, they look fucking good together. And I just have to say, every time Ten is in a tux, it just works. It works so well um, with the converse, the black converse. You know, at the end when the Titanic is about to fly into Buckingham Palace and the collar is undone and the tie is undone, I was just like, David, it's serving looks. It's serving, you know, great gown, beautiful gown. It's amazing. Yeah, I know. He looks great. In t- and when was the last time he was in a tux? I mean, was it? Age of Steel? Rise of Cybermen, I think. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, no. Lazarus yeah. Experiment. My bad. Lazarus Experiment. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Block that out from my mind. Same. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> I think, didn't really make a whole thing in, in Lazarus Experiment about how, like, he doesn't, you know, there's no, of all the times he could reference the fact he's with Rose, yeah, he should be like, oh, all this tucks around the girl I loved. Yeah. yeah. But then also, bad things happen. When he wears the suit, which they do, really bad things happen. Really yeah. bad. So he should just like not wear a suit ever. Ever. Absolutely. For his own safety and ours. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But I tell you what, let me pose this question to you, my darling. So we love an ensemble. It's full of questions. Yeah, we love an ensemble, don't we? Oh yeah, big fan of ensembles. Um, big fan. The Dirty Dozen. Yeah. Uh, fam. You know. Famous Five. Others. The, the the oh I forget the base the base on Impossible Planet Satan Pit base oh yeah what yeah. they called again just guys the, gir- the girls a bunch of guys the girls the girls the girlies Scooty and Ida Danny uh, yeah Mr Jefferson my bestie I think about him every day I love him um. We love an ensemble at Cap. We really do. And I love... My favourite part of this episode is the ensemble. I, I can't lie. Yeah, no, the, yeah. the ensemble's really nice. They all... Considering there's no... I, it, it pleases the part of my brain where I can feel the moment that he works out a way to get them all together to be an ensemble to survive. And they're all, they're all mismatched, but kind of not. It's a good little group. I like the ensemble. I love them so much. Another question. Who's your favourite, if you had to pick? Ooh. Um, I know what the obvious answer is. But I would say probably... Probably Foon. Is it bad that I I class them as a couple? I didn't actually put the, each of their names down. I just put them as a couple. She's Foon, right? She is Foon. She is Foon. Yeah. And I love them as a couple, but I like her. I have the same answer as you. Absolutely, I love them as a couple, oh, but nice. Foon is my best friend. What do you mean? Like she's I, I, my best friend. I thought, I thought 
I don't know why, but just having having known you, I thought you were going to say Banacafalata. Well, I talk about him later. I have a, I have a note. Banacafalata. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, Foon, yeah, she's lovely. Like, Foon's my fave, yeah. Morv, Morvin's nice as well. They're both lovely, but she's just she's got that little that extra something. She does, and. I feel like she's the girlie you can take on a night out and you'd have the best time of your life. Are you joking? Like, you would literally have the best... You'd have the night of your life. And then um, and then Morvin would come and pick you up in a car. Do you know what I mean? Like, he would just be like, how, how, are, you, how are you girls? How, did you have a nice time? And you're like, yeah! And, you know, yeah. ugh. And I still, you know, I love him, but I still just, you know, associate him with being like Duke in Tracy Beaker. So. He is Duke in Tracy Beaker. And Duke is the moment... I love Duke so much. I love that show. I love that show. Um, Lots of Tracy Beaker alumni. We had Elaine the Pain. We did. Wolf Party of the Ways. We did. Where's Danny Harmer? That's my question. <laughs> no, seriously. Where is she? New companion. Hashtag new companion. Anyway. Well, good question. Now, <laughs> she's just going to be asking questions back and forth. I love it. How? Because I know how I feel. I know how IMDb... No, wrong bit. I know how I feel about the Heavenly Hosts. What do you think about the Heavenly Hosts? Camp. Yeah? I like the design a lot. Yeah. Uh, Are they dumb as fuck? Yeah, but is that why I love them? Yeah. I like... I, I like them, I think. I feel like they're one of those times when you can feel that the show is kind of maybe cynically trying to have a creepy villain. Yes, I'm not scared by them one bit. Like not. But even it feels like bit. they are trying in scenes to make them be. Yeah. Oh, you know, oh, not the then, hosts. Oh. But then here's here's another question I have: Why would they ever do well, try and do that, and then have the scene where they are holding ten? And flying him up like super with the superhero arm up. I don't know how he reprogrammed them. By the way, that's a question I have. Another question I have. Um, just oh, all of that. When, when, when the most when the the most powerful person on the ship dies, which is who they believe is so Max Capricorn or whoever, which is who they follow, it then defaults to the oh, next yes, person sorry. of authority. Yes, yes, yes. You're right. Sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> but doesn't mean that that. Any of that gets off lightly, but we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to um, it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I feel like yeah, them having a redemption arc is, is fine. But I don't know. You know, you just feel sometimes they're going like we're going to sell shit tons of these heavenly host action figures. Well, here's the thing: they didn't because they made it into a box set that you, now goes yeah. for like a hundred and something pounds on eBay. Fucking hell! I do have a host though. I bought one with without the wings for like five pound on Vinted, and I was like, all right, then go on. I would like a host, and I don't like to be fair. They, 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 yeah, they have a nice design. Aesthetically, they are pleasing. I they would are like very a host pleasing. head. Um, where, where was the host voice changer mask? Come on. Right? Am I right? And they did Dalek sec human hybrid. Get out of my face. Actually, get out of my face. Um, but yeah, no, I really do like the host. I think they're fun. Again, they do look stupid most of the time. Um, mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of floating stuff in this episode looks so bad in this. I just, I was like creasing. I was like, what the hell? I think part of the reason, though, some of it looks worse in this episode is because wherever they had access to filming, mm. most of the sets don't look cheap. No. 
like they look like they're on a genuine on a real proper fucking expensive cruise ship. No, they do. They actually do. To be fair, I don't know. I assume just like a luxury hotel or something that they're filming in makes it look, you know, really fucking fancy. Um, and like there are episodes that take place on similar kind of things in other parts of the series that, in my mind, don't look as. I mean, I love. You know, we love it. Husbands of River Song, but that restaurant where they kind of reconnect, right? It looks cheaper. It looks worse than this yeah. looks. Yeah. And it sells the idea that it's a sort of futuristic Titanic. But on the other hand, it makes any of the other cheap stuff look cheaper. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, no, you're so right, though. I like. I always believe that they are on an actual ship. To me, it looks yeah. really good. So, speaking of the ship, I have another question. <gasps> so, the passengers. It hit me one point in the episode, and I was like, so did they all just die then? Because I don't understand. Everybody died. Hilarious. Sorry, no, it's not hilarious, but... No, 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 but I know what you mean. It, it's quite, you know, it's quite dark. It's dark, man. Like, like, it's glossed over, I feel like, a little bit. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I feel like, yeah, the only people who survive are Professor, whatever his name is, the Doctor. Oh, what's his name? Um... Wait, so, Mr. Copper Alonso, Mr. Slate... Uh, who plays the arsehole. Is it Slate or Slade? I thought it's Slade. Rixton Slade, isn't it? Slade, sorry. It is Slade. Sorry, my bad. So Mr. Slade and then the Doctor and that's it. Yeah, fuck. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, this is, you know, this is not very, not very subtly doing the whole Tonal Victorious thing. Yeah. Which is why there are some bits that are probably objectively quite silly that I don't mind because they're really trying to lean into it. They are. I mean, look, the slow-mo walking through fire is iconic. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I actually love it. But then you get the stupid flying scene, which is just, oh, God. Oh God. It's it's bad, but like depending on what mood I'm in, I can either go, oh, my God, that's awful, or I can go, or I can go, eh, you know, they're trying to make a not very subtle point here. Um Absolutely. I feel like the the one for me that stands out um, is because shout out to the Doctor Who trailer maker. Um, I used to, I used always used to use the yeah. My name is the Doctor. I'm a time lord from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation. Of, I'm nine hundred years old. I used to use that all the time. So did I on trailer maker. Fun fact that yeah. stupid little feature on their website is probably part of the reason why I'm in the field I'm in now. Hilarious, isn't it? <laughs> it's actually it's hilarious. great fun. Yeah. And they always had the um, transparent layer of like uh, the uh, host that you can just put on anything, which was really funny. Like I remember, like you could pick creatures that were transparent, and you could like layer the host over like the Daleks or something. It was just oh, it was ridiculous. It's so fun. But yeah, I really love. So going back to the ensemble for a sec, I mean there is there are some standout faves in this ensemble. Like like I said, the Van Hoffs are my fave. Foon especially, but the Van Hoffs are such wonderful couple. They exude such positive energy. And something I love, especially another thing I love about Foon, is that she's a she's a woman of my own heart because she spent five thousand credits to win a competition. So she might as well have paid for the tickets. But it's her sheer stubbornness that I just find so relatable. Absolutely. And I love that Morvin just doesn't didn't care. Yeah, because in that moment, he's like, you know, we're in danger right now. And right now, that was actually probably, I needed to hear that because that's quite funny 
when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, that's kind of funny. Yeah, and this is I love you, you bloody mad woman. Oh, I love them so much. Uh, yeah, just he's like he's like we'll never we'll never work that off. Yeah, he's like I know. He's like oh well. But I don't half love you. Things like that that put things in perspective for things and things and things when things happen. Yeah, because things happen. <laughs> and then you've got the lovely, the joyous, the the lovely Mr. Copper, who always brings a smile to my face. He just, every time he speaks, I'm just like smiling. He's so cute. Yeah, and Clive Swift is yeah funny. Clive anyway. Swift has great teeth. They're probably veneers. I I I know they're probably veneers, but like he's got a great set of teeth. Oh yeah, didn't he die in 2019? Uh, I think he did pass away. Yeah, I've just looked it up. He did. So yeah, no, he he was a great actor. I mean, like I love his presence in this episode so much. And he did that really hilariously painful interview. Was it Doctor Who magazine or Radio Times or something? Right. I I, I he just you know very. Very short with the interviewee. Oh, was he just not having it? Doctor Who. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he likes Doctor Who. But you know what? He came, he slayed, he he did the damn thing, and that's all we can ask him to do. You know. Yeah. Um, Watch one foot in the grave. Come on. Yeah. And then you have the absolutely iconic Banner Cafalata. I mean, I'm going to say something and then not actually expand on it any further because I don't think it needs to be. Banak Afalato is a queer icon, and I can't tell you why. I can't tell you why, but I feel it in my soul. I feel it in my bones. But we all need the confidence of a sort of spiky-headed short king. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Who, even when dying, is going to try and bang Kylie Minogue. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying he's queer. I'm saying he is a queer icon. Can I just clarify? Just yeah. to clarify. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are two different things. Two I'm different just saying, things. you know. Short Kings, you've got a new icon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's he he makes a great addition to this episode, and I love you know Banakafalata, cyborg. He, uh, I always I always kind of forget that he's a robot as well. Yeah, I do forget as well, and he does it. I'm like, oh yeah, love that, and I love the the reveal that he actually did it not just to save them, but not in that way, and also you know that core that he has that you know yeah, uh, Mister. Uh, that Mr. Copper is like, yeah, you know, I used to sell these. Like, you get these backstories for these characters, and they're not that well developed in a way, but they don't need to be, and it works. Like, and you get people like Mr. Slade, for example. Like, you don't like him because he's just the definition of a piece of shit. Like, he is, he's a fat phobe. He's probably a homophobe, probably a misogynist. No, he is a misogynist actually, and 
He is a billionaire. He's probably a Nepo baby as well, actually. Let's add that onto the list. He's just a horrible person. And he... By the way, I'm not saying all Nepo babies are horrible. Like, don't come for me, Gwyneth Paltrow. Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, you know... You, you get a sense of his backstory and it works. Do you know what I mean? I just... Oh, oh, I have so much fun with this cast. I have so much fun with these characters. That's what makes this episode for me. Completely. No, yeah, definitely. I think some of the stuff where it actually loses me a little is when it's just ten on his own. Yes, doing ten stuff. I like the the banter and the the stuff of the cast and crew. It kind of reminds me of, you know, uh, Rose and the uh, girlies trying to escape the base from the the ood. Yeah, bit bit more low stakes, but you know where they're just kind of hanging out, trying to get out of a life threatening situation, having a bit, having a bit of banter with each other. And they're the original old couple. I really like it. And something I always find interesting whenever this episode is is brought up is how people discuss Foon and Morvin as characters um, and kind of their representation. Because I, there are a lot of people who I think get Rixton Slade's continued terrible remarks confused with how the episode treats them yes yes the point obviously with Slade is that you're not meant to like him watching it I was actually quite touched and I know it sounds like a low bar but I was actually quite touched by how humanly they are treated Funamorvin they are very you know they, the, the text the text is not ever jokes at their expense they are just a perfectly happy loving couple it's really nice to see i also feel like it's kind of more of a continuation of rusty davis's kind of working class you know everyone's obsessed with chips and yeah. watching tv you know they feel like contemporary earth people they do they um, really do but yeah i just uh, there are people who just you know will use things in this episode in bad faith to try and also attack russell which i just find weird like after the whole Skinny man gate thing, which I know we discussed, you know, people also being like, well, is it a surprise? Because, you know, there's that episode that's just Rusty Davis doing fat phobia, but it's not, it's it's not, you're not meant to like Rixton Slade. And I'm saying all this as a big fat person. So deal with it. Yeah, I think, you know what, it's interesting because when I watched the episode, because I was, I was messaging uh, Elliot when I was watching it and I was saying how the fat phobia makes me uncomfy and I don't mean in terms of the episode is fat phobic as in the fat phobia from Slade is very uncomfortable and yeah, that's the point which is good yeah yeah, that's means that you have compassion and empathy just gonna pat myself on the shoulder for feeling things yeah <laughs> do you know what I mean um, but yeah I, I'm genuinely I'm I'm actually quite stunned always by how they are treated as as characters because they are treated incredibly well and you know tv and film still doesn't have a lot of you know again it's kind of we were talking about this earlier about something else off mic right but you know you don't get a lot of media that are about fat people or people who don't have sort of conventional body standards where it's not about the fact that they are judgmentally overweight yeah i mean the whale yeah Fine, fine movie, but you know, like again, it's just it's just a man in a fat suit gorging himself to death. It's just very, <laughs> you know, it just it can get very like tiresome when the only time you see 
and obviously, I mean, and obviously the world's a very, very extreme example, but it gets tiresome you know, when the only time you see people who are, you know, overweight is 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 in judgment. It's why my Mad Fat Diary is so subversive. Right? I was about to say you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, it's the reason I love that show. Again, if you haven't seen my Mad Fat Diary, Sharon Rooney was recently in Barbie. Um, she was amazing in it. Yeah, I was quite. I didn't know she was in it when when she was there. I was like, ah. I love Sharon Rooney. I would die for that woman. Um. I think My Mad Fat Diary does such an interesting thing where it's like, yes, it is about her weight for a lot of it, but it's not done in a way to be judgmental. It's just done. I'm not even going to say how because it, I feel like it spoils the show completely, but mm. it's such a beautiful piece of television and it's just it just does it so well. But yeah, I was going to say, um, I'm not a plus size person, but the way I kind of interpreted the stuff with the Van Hoffs is I don't think at any point in the show, correct me if I'm wrong, they come off as the least desirable people in the episode. In fact, I would say they come off as the most likable people in the episode because you like them and you root for them. Like Mr. Slade is purposely shown to be a dickhead. And I would take yeah. issue with the episode. And I, uh, like as an episode, I would call it fat phobic if it was being shown that like, you know, Mr. Slade was actually, you know, he was redeemed at the end and, you know, he was, you know, and the Van Hoffs were kind of not seen for who they are, which is these amazing, lovely, lovable people. Literally at the end, the point is Mr. Slade survives, right? Oh, spoiler. Mr. Slade survives. And the point is, is to show how unfair life is, right? Because Mr. Copper is literally like, out of all of the people to survive, they're not the people you would have chosen. You know? Like, I feel like people are missing the point a little bit. And here's the thing. If you are plus size and you do take offence what happens in the episode, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you're wrong because I can't do that. That's not me. No, and of course, it. you know, I, under I understand that it's, it's, you know, a lot of the time this kind of criticism of things, you know, whether it, it, it's this or, you know, if there's, if, you know, if it's, I don't know, you know, homophobia or, or you know, sort of racism and things like that. A lot of the time it comes just from, like, the trauma associated with hearing people say it regardless of how the medium is framing it. But also, you are, you are doing it a disservice by by tarring it as, as one thing when it when it's not. I mean, especially because, you know, Fun and Morvin, it's like, their love of food, right, together, that feels like a nice thing that they share, but it's not, the episode never feels like it's judging them for that. No. They are just excited about the fact that they are, you know, it's nice. They like food. It's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Lots of people like food. If I saw... Like, I've just been through this really traumatic thing and I saw a bunch of food sitting there, I'd be like, thank Christ, because I'm starving. I'm exhausted. Well, if you, yeah. yeah. If you you, know, you went on a on a cruise for free and you know, you then realised it was all you can eat, if that was a skinny person, you know, you know, or, you know like a conventionally... Straight-sized, you know, yeah. ...good-looking person yeah. in... in media that would be like a funny little you know oh, of course because you know yeah, they always yeah, want something yeah. for free but as soon as it's on with a bit of any bit of weight on them it's like you're being you know, a pig oh, oh, yeah well it's the conversation of like uh straight size and skinny people like for example at the met gala right uh there's these videos of people mm. in the really skinny people in these um outfits these amazing outfits and they're like eating a, a hamburger from in and out and they think it's iconic and it's like but why is that iconic if a, if a plus size person or anyone who isn't straight size did that, it would be seen as gross. It's like, why is that? Yeah, it's very uh, yeah. Well, yeah, and you know, it's one of those things where people use that. You know, strange strangers use the thing of you know, well, we just have your health interest at heart as reason to be oh, horrible fucked. to other people. 
Get um, off of this page. Get off of this podcast. It, don't even entertain it. Not that anyone's entertained it. Can I just clarify? I'm acting like someone's tried to at us about it and they haven't. But like, no. But if they do, I'm fat and I will crush you. Um, but yeah, I just think that the yeah the episode's very sympathetic, very sympathetic to them. And of course, ultimately as well, what it's doing is it's creating the idea of the the class divide. Right, the reason that they're looked down upon is because yes, they're here for free. They yes. don't belong here. They're in fancy dress. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, I, whenever I see it, I don't even question those outfits. I don't think they're in fancy dress. I just think that's how they like to dress. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, it's fancy dress. I'm like, all oh, right, okay. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, that's the point, right? Is they're meant to be, they're meant to be working class people who have managed to sneak on board. Not sneak on board, but, you know, work their way on board a fancy event where they shouldn't be there and everybody kind of judges them, except for the Doctor and Astrid, because they're good people. And in the end, they both do the right thing. Let me ask you this, my friend. Do you not even think that it, it's using, like, you know, Foon is using her body as quite an empowering thing? Because she's like, you know, I'm using my weight to weigh down this angel, this host. It's not an angel, it's a host, Amla, come on. The host. I'm actually reclaiming the narrative and saving all of your asses because I'm dragging this host down. Yeah, it's a very empowering thing to do. Right? Like, I don't know. That's just how I yeah. took it as well, you know. But, you know, Russell is the big, you know, the big class analyst, right? Because what I find a lot of later Doctor Who less interesting because, you know, it's very easy just to give companions no worries or anything going on at home or, you know, a nice house in the middle of a square in London because... It's just it looks aesthetically pleasing, but I always would I always prefer the working class people, working class backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Me too. That's why I love Russell. Yeah, and it's relatable. It's really relatable um, for most people, I would say. So, moving from that, let's talk about Max. If we have to. Max, wink, wink. I will say one thing. I love that the wink and the sparkle in his eye. Is like a thing where the doctor's like, "Oh, it actually does that." Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does that in real life? Yeah. It's very, very fun. It's um, very, very fun. I don't like Max Capricorn. He's a bit mid. Very, very forgettable. Very bland. Very funnily designed. He's, there's a reason why they didn't make him into a figure. Do you feel me? Like. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like you don't need. It doesn't need. There doesn't need to be an extra stake thing on top of it you know it's just you know it's, i don't know i feel like it's because it's to try and give a reason for everything why is the titanic crashing why are the hosts turned and like you know i just it's so unsatisfying and really the real wrapping up of the narrative is not getting the titanic to crash the it could like it could have just been an accident meet your slamming to the side of the ship oh no you know fries the electrics makes the host go mad you know, done. I know obviously it's because they don't want to just replicate the tragedy. Yeah, of course. They want the captains to do it on purpose, but also, you know, come on. Do you know what I think would have actually brought the message home a bit more? Again, for me, I think you see these disasters that happen in real life with these massive dickhead CEOs who are just so out of touch with reality, billionaire dickheads. Max Capricorn, we you know, keep the video of him being like, I'm Max, wink, you know, all of that. 
And then in the end of it, the same plot is happening, but we don't meet Max. And I feel like that would just add on to the fact of like, he's not present because these people never are. They never claim anything they do because they're hiding behind their their facade. Does that make sense? Am, am I making sense? Like, Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, you know, it, I feel like what would make this a bit more impactful for me is if the reason that there's a problem with the Titanic is that is not that, you know, oh, like the, the company's sinking, so, you know, the, he's just like wiping out his shareholders. Which, I like that as an idea. It's a fun idea. Um, is if, and this might, now now this probably feels a lot more relevant, but, you know, I understand it was made at a certain time. Um, if it's just because they make fucking shit cheap boats or spaceships to maximise profit, the reason the shields failed is because the shields never work because they don't actually put them on board because they would rather make the money off, you know, they'd rather save the labor costs. Yeah, and then it kind of goes, uh, kind of plays into the whole thing of not being enough lifeboats on the original Titanic kind of vibe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, of course, like I said, I know obviously now you probably couldn't do that because it would hit a lot closer to home with things like Grenfell and things yeah, like that. Yeah, of know? course, of course. And other things that have happened where the Tories have just systematically killed people by cutting costs. But, yeah. you know, I feel like that would be more of a scathing critique in my mind. I think so. I agree with you. Yeah, I just think, I mean, look, Max does make me laugh. Um, not for the design. The design actually hasn't, like the first time I watched it, I found it really funny, but now the design doesn't hold up for me whatsoever. Um but the thing that makes me laugh is his facial expressions when um, Astrid is pushing him off the edge and he's just like, do you know what I mean? Like he just, you know, he's just screwing his face. It's very funny. Very, very funny. Look, I, 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 if we, we, we're kind of dancing around it, I, I think that, I think like Astrid's sacrifice just doesn't work. It doesn't hit as hard as it should, in my opinion. Because it's fucking slow-mo footage of Kylie Minogue driving a forklift into a head on top of a tank. And then it it just doesn't work. It really makes me laugh. Imagine it, imagine it in real time. How silly would that look in real time? Yeah, and like imagine her like I and again the the, the, the drama of her dying, right? It's because it you know, plays into the Time Lord Victorious thing, right? He's lost another one. So that someone else dies. Someone else has sacrificed themselves for him and they shouldn't. But it's done in a very, 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 very silly way. It's very silly, yeah. So I don't really feel the... I, I think that scene should be so impactful. I think it probably should have been a case of, like, maybe she was on the... It may have been a timing thing for Kylie as well. We don't know what happened behind the scenes. Maybe she couldn't be on it for too long, but whatever, you know. Um, Maybe if he was... So, so the Doctor, um, Astrid and Alonzo were on that uh in the what do you call it the where they're steering the ship the bridge the bridge um and she's helping them fly the titanic over england whatever and then like i don't mm. know something happens i don't know i don't know and then she dies that way well, yeah, like, just like yeah you know i know it happened it happens in happens in midnight but you know to make max less of a head on a tank and you know have him have a like flush him out of an airlock yeah, or something. I don't know. Break a bit of an oxygen shield together. Yeah. Like the like like how the lady at the end of midnight sacrifices herself. 
Yeah, I, I agree. It just, the ending doesn't hit quite as hard. We'll say though, I love the bit where Ten finds out Alonzo's name is Alonzo. It had to happen at some point. It happened. I'm happy it happened. And but yes, yeah, yes, he gets to say Al- Alonzo, Alonzo, which is great. And I love Russell Tovey screaming. Russell Tovey's a very good screamer. I have to say, like he screams- he is. He does scared very well. He does. Like in being human, when he's turning into a, a werewolf, he's always screaming. In this, he's screaming a lot. In I'm sure in years and years he did a lot of screaming as well. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm. Yeah. And what what episode is it in series? Is it series three where Ten says he'd like to meet someone called Alonzo because then he can say Alonzo, Alonzo. So no, it was in it was in Army of Ghosts. The Doctor says, oh. "I like that Alonzo. I should say Alonzo more often. Alonzo, watch out, Rose Tyler. Alonzo, and then it'll be really brilliant if I met someone called Alonzo because then I could say Alonzo, Alonzo every time." And he does. And he does. Rose would be so happy. Again, but I like the ending he gets Alonzo. Yes. In yes. the end of time. Yes. It's great. And a bit in this episode that I don't know how people will feel about it. It also feels weird now because she's dead. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. But I'm not laughing at the fact she's dead because that's mean. But like also, it's just funny because... Anyway. Um, the, the bit with uh, Queen Liz... Not Miss Liz, not Miss Liz, just running in Buckingham Palace. I like it. I I like it. It's fun. I like. There's a, there seems to be a joke about the royal family every Christmas. Yes. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, one of my favorite jokes of the whole series yep. is the you know have we have we asked about the royal family? Oh, they're on the roof. Yeah, um, best one. That's the best one. That's the best one. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I love you know it's it's very camp. He has a direct line to Buckingham Palace because he knows. Yes. He knows the royals. He does. Um, married to one of them. Yep. And yeah. All the shots of her just running with corgis, and I think my favorite part is the fact that it's you know the world's most obvious stand-in. Yes, which I know that I know they're not going to get. The, I know they're not going to get the queen, but like I, you know, the fact that it's such an obvious body double and that kind of terrible voice where she's wearing gay, like Merry Christmas, Doctor. Oh, I'll say this now. I quote that every Christmas. <laughs> I'm always like, "Thank you, Doctor. Thank you, doc- doctor. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas." Oh my god, it's so funny. Uh, Imagine if they actually got the queen in it though. That would have been funny. I would have loved that. I, I mean, yeah, lie. like the uh like the Olympics where you have all of the yeah, yeah the James Bond Yeah. throwing her out of a helicopter. Yeah. Or tea with Paddington. Yeah. Ugh, anyway, moving on. Um Ugh. snooze fest, snooze fest. Um so we get the bit at the end, right, with Astrid not being resurrected, but kind of coming back for a second basically i'll tell you why this makes me laugh i guess it's supposed to be emotional but it makes me giggle because it just all i can see is kylie standing in front of a green screen going okay so the director i forget who the director is but they're going kylie james strong james strong james going hey kylie so you just need to stand there and look around confused and just go i'm falling i'm falling stop me falling falling just do that can you just do that for half an hour amazing <sighs> The thing is, the thing is right, is that this, and it's not necessarily, it's, you, you know, I, we'll get to it, you will hear my feelings, and it's not very often I shower at the praise, but some of this episode has elements of silence in the library, but done worse. Yes. Right? Yes. Because that moment kind of feels very, you know, it's, hey, who turned out the lights? It's the life meter. Yep. It's the Donna Noble who's left the library. Yeah. Um, but worse. Yes. And also, <laughs> her sacrificing herself and him not being able to save her also feels like how River Song dies. Because there's that moment of hope where he might be able yes. to rescue her. Yeah. Her life meter's still going. 
but she dies. Yeah. Absolutely. Two You're so right. Off, this does it worse. Does it worse. It does do it's it worse. worse. In my opinion. And I don't even love how it's done. So. No, it's a really interesting comparison. I've never thought about that before. Well done. Um, hey, who turned it on lights? You know, you know, you know why. I, the only reason I think about that scene is because one of my favourite edits on TikTok is David running to save River, but to David Bowie's heroes. It's great. Yeah, it's wonderful. But yeah, it's. I mean, it's really cute. You know, she's become atoms. Um. <laughs> inside jokes. Didn't inside jokes. Reality bomb. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, uh, Astrid becomes atoms and dust, which become nothing. And it's all very, very sweet. She she glistens in the night sky, which is so camp, and I love it. Yeah. But then you just get this wonderful, wholesome ending, which I love so much, of Mr. Cooper yeah. being dropped off to Earth. Because, you know, the, uh, the Doctor's like, I think you should take one of these. And it's the little wrist thing that they take when they go down to Earth. And they, it's being reused again. And he has his currency, his credits from Stowe, and it actually uh, it's equal to a million quid on planet Earth. And he just dances into the into the night with the the fake snow, which is never real snow, which I love that. And he's just like, where, where are you going? And he's like, I don't know. I have no idea. And he's just dancing into the night sky, and it's so beautiful. No, it's very Christmassy. It's very Christmassy. But in the spirit of not doing things in order in this episode, one thing I do want to bring up really quick is Bernard Cribbins. So, yes, we need to. Yeah, the way this is discussed and shown and everything, the way it's approached, in fact, is so wonderful because it's beautifully set up. I don't know if it was supposed to be set up like that, but let's say it was because Russell's a genius, right? Earth, not Earth, sorry, London is empty, which I love this, that everyone's mm. fled London because of how awful the Christmases have been. Yeah, which is very realistic. It's very realistic, because you would, wouldn't you? Um, And then yeah. Clive, again, bringing up the royal family, like, I haven't left, you know. <laughs> yeah, because the Queen The won't. Queen stayed put, I'm staying put. And oh, I just love his little, his little cameo in this episode. It's It's set up so well for series four. Oh yeah, definitely, and it's such a—it's just such a nice little scene. And I always just—I could watch Bernard Cribbin talk about aliens all the time. Oh yeah, that's one of the most iconic moments from Stolen Earth Journey's End is like him being like, "I tell you, it's them aliens." Yeah, I just yeah, I love. I miss Bernard Cribbin's man. I miss that man so much. I love his presence in series four. Get ready for me to talk about the scene in. Uh, the Poison Sky, I think it's The Poison Sky, or is it The Sontaran Stratagem, when he gets locked in the car and is nearly gassed to death, and it makes me cry because he just looks he looks so helpless, and you know what I'm like about with with, with little old men, it just makes me cry. Oh, yeah. oh. And in like two months, yeah, we've got new Corbin's content. We do. Oh, don't, it's all too exciting um, and sad at the same time, but yeah, so... What Christmas, man? Christmas. What a what a what a fun little Christmas episode. What a yeah, like you know, I I if I was watching this on Christmas Day or you know when it went out on Christmas Day, which I probably was, I don't remember. I don't. I did. Have I any did. Memories of watching this one. I did. I remember um, it. Yeah. I feel like it would be enjoyable, but out of the context of everything else, it's all right. It's all right in it. It's all right. It's all right, but it's a it has a it's a it has a wholesome ending, which is. All we can really ask for these days. True. 
So we are at the wrap up where we talk about our standout moment, what didn't work, our most doctory moment and our favourite quote slash quotes. As always, right over to you, my darling. Elliot, what's your standout moment? Um, actually, I have like lots of little moments that I I like. I really, I I for me personally, I really like the scene of. That's really bad when I say it up front. I like the scene where Benna Cafalata first collapses, just because I like watching. I like seeing Astrid's humanity and kindness. She's kind of filling that Rose Tyler role. She has hot girl chats in this episode. She does. Where the action stops and we just kind of have like a little cheeky conversation. I like it. I just, you know, I know it's it's basic character stuff, but I just really love that scene. The dialogue's very on point. The actors are very funny. You know, the thing about marrying and then, you know, being like, you have to buy me a drink first. It's very, it's just cute. It's a nice little scene. I enjoy it. What about you? I have two because I couldn't pick. Sorry, I really couldn't. There's the bridge scene. So when they're trying to get across the big engine um, and, you know, it's it's very dangerous. It's always really entertaining. And then the the, the host come and then, you know, Banna Cafalata, Foon, everything. That's always fun to watch. And then Mr. Copper's money reveal at the end. Just the wholesome ending. I just love it. So what didn't work for you in this episode? I'm gonna I'm gonna do one serious one then and a silly one. Go on then. Because the more serious one is just Max Capricorn as a character just doesn't ever actually come together in kind of any coherent way for me. His design is bad and it just sort of he doesn't feel I don't know he doesn't feel like enough of a serious presence throughout the episode and then you know he's just a head on a like big metal box. Yeah. Um, it's just all a bit deflating. But also seeing where the hosts attack the bridge and they're all fighting off halos like they're fucking baseballs. Yeah. Slightly veering to camp for my liking. It's a bit too much, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. But it doesn't really doesn't really matter in the grand scheme. It ain't that deep at the end of the day, basically. Um Exactly. But what about you? I'll say this much. We I've defended a lot of what happens to the Van Hoffs in this episode, but um Mr Van Hoff, I forget his name. Morvin. Morvin, there you go. His death just feels a little bit too cold for me. He's just suddenly gone. Just suddenly, oh, he's fallen. Shit. I know, I like it. It just makes me sad. And I just think it's it's just a bit too evil. Like It would have made more sense if he died when he was repairing the host or something like that. No, I, but I'm, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of deaths and things that happen, not for any reason other than just bad luck. Yeah, I, 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 it, it didn't work 100% for me, I'm not going to lie. Sorry. Step on the wrong bit of the balcony. Balcony breaks. Dead. Sorry. I like it. Not for me. So what's your most doctory moment then? Most doctory moment is probably the the enjoyment of randomly bumping into just a wait staff on board a, a big cruise liner and immediately finding out what her like one desire in life is and then also being able to provide that for her by stealing one of those bracelets to take it down. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Whatever it's red, red sixty-one or whatever, the Doctor plus one, just so she can see another world. Yeah, beautiful. It is nice, and I like the little inversion of the way that you know she's kind of doing the Doctor's sort of you know like standing there being like, oh, it's beautiful and it stinks. And yeah, he's kind of like, oh, it's all right. So yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Um. So yeah, probably that. That's the most Doctory stuff for me. I like that. 
What about you? I think for me, it's definitely when he uses up all of his questions by mistake and then says, take me to your leader. <laughs> I like that. I always I wanted do. to say that. I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. And just the frustration when he yeah realises he's accidentally used his first question by having to prove that he's clever by being like, am I right? Yeah. It's just so doctory, isn't it? So, favourite quote slash quotes, what have you got? Quite a few, actually. Go on, then. But I would say, if I, could, if I could narrow it down to two, it would either be, you might be a time king from Galibee, but you still need to eat. <laughs> I like that, I like that, yeah. yeah. Because it's really understated, they don't linger on that line. She's just, you know, it's like, you might be a time king from Galibee, but you still need to eat. I'm like, brilliant. Amazing. <laughs> and... Uh, the other one I'll do, and then I'll let, and then I'll let you go. And then if you haven't said any of my others, I'll come back to them. But okay, uh, a life lesson for everybody: never say trapped, just inconveniently circumstanced. <laughs> I like that. Life lessons for everybody there. It is a life lesson. What are some of yours? Well, I've got one. It's a long one, but it's okay. one. And it's not the, okay. It's not the classic tenth doctor line because you know. But... That's good. I mean, I get to say my other one then. Okay. Oh, Amazing. Um, mine is from Mister Copper, and he says. Human beings worship the great god Santa, a creature with fearsome claws, and his wife Mary. And every Christmas Eve, the people of UK go to war with the country of Turkey. <laughs> they then eat the Turkey people for Christmas dinner like savages. I don't detect a lie there. <laughs> no, all of his all of his miss getting wrongs about Christmas is very funny. I love it. Which I mean kind of plays into mine because after Mr. Copper said a big spiel about you know Christmas and war and stuff. Thoughts goes, that's not true. Christmas is a time of peace and Thanksgiving. Oh, am I kidding? My Christmas is always like this. Yeah. 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 It's good. I like that. It's good. Yeah. What are your other ones? Uh, my only other one is not even that good. It's just when, um, I can't remember what Rixton Slade is saying, but someone just says, Rixton, did you get the message? He goes, what message? And they just go, shut up. Because he should shut up. He should. Yeah. Absolutely. Lovely. <laughs> so... Now that we've done all that, it's time to rate the episode out of five. So, Elliot, what are you giving Voyage of the Damned out of five? I am going to give a, a number, and then I'm going to spend probably ten minutes trying to back the number up. Okay. Um, look, I'm going to I'm going to give it a two and a half out of five. Okay. Right. Perfect half marks. I mean, not perfect, but half marks. Exactly half marks. And I think that is because this is massively an episode that depends on the mood I'm in and how I'm feeling. And what I want to watch, I don't think it's particularly coherent or offers a lot of drama or intrigue. But I also think that if I was maybe, you know, eating lots of chocolate on the sofa at Christmas and just wanted something fun to watch, this would do it. But, you know, as a sort of objectively, how do I feel about this in the run of episodes rather than just its own sort of thing? It just goes a little too long in the tooth and doesn't offer enough interesting stuff for me to keep going back. Yeah. Um. But moods, depending, this could be something I love or something I feel is totally mid. At the moment, I think it's totally mid. Do you know what? I actually, I hear that. I actually hear that. I mean, I, I gave it a four out of five. <laughs> 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 but I hear your reasoning. i tell you what it is for me. It's slightly touching on something you said. Because for me, when I think about this episode, I think of me on the sofa at Christmas. Because I rewatch it every year. I've got my celebrations in hand. And I'm watching it and I'm feeling on top of the world. So I associate that feeling with this episode. I think that's partially it. Objectively, it's probably for me a three out of five. Objectively. 
I'm saying it's a four because I want to and I feel it. So it's a four out of five for me. And if you want to know how we felt about it in comparison to other Russell Christmas specials or all of the Christmas specials that knew who's done last series, we did a Christmas special ranking discussion. We did it at Christmas last year. So we did. the Christmas just gone. Yeah. Go back so... find that. Yeah. You can hear how it ranks. You can hear us have to argue to put it in a place on the tier list. But this is my least favorite Russell special. It's funny though, because one of my favorite episodes we've ever done is the Christmas special ranking episode. I love that episode so much. S- same because we were so we were in so much disagreement. You know, I my favorite's Runaway Bride. That's not shared. I didn't like a Christmas Carol. We were arguing so much, and then we get to you know the the final like Christmas episode because we didn't do the New Year's ones. We just did the Christmas. Ones. We get to the final Christmas episode, which is Husbands of River Song. And we both just cried like maniacs yeah we were just like crying like screaming about how much we that's the most perfect christmas special to ever exist but that's for us and it was so nice yeah but it was nice it was like a little christmas miracle so go listen to that it's a really fun episode yeah it's a really fun episode um but yeah so that's that's voyage of the damned i'm ecstatic to get into the next few episodes of series four now it's going to be so fun We've got fun surprises coming, as we said up top. Look forward to it, guys. Really look forward to it, because I think it's going to be some of the best episodes we maybe have done on the podcast today. Who knows? Who knows? But stay tuned. No, they will be. And it's because any time we start a new series, we endeavour to make it better, bigger, bolder, more entertaining for y'all. So the series should only be going from strength to strength, no resting on our laurels. But that brings the... Curtains down on another wonderfully festive episode of the Come Along Bomb podcast. We hope you had fun. We sure did. As Alan mentioned up top, if you like what you heard and you want to support the show, you can do so by going on to Patreon. Over there, we have now numerous different tiers available to support us, including things like ad-free listening, and we also have tiers to get a shout-out on the show. However, at the moment, because of timey-wimey stuff, we haven't done any of that yet, so we're just going to read out our wonderful patrons that we have over there on the one tier at the moment that is river that's bulldozer 7113 that's jason that's becca johnson smith that's abby potts that's jack wilson that is jack parker that's ben summers that's miria sarah that's grace that's lucy gallagher that is calvin that is smiths and legends again that will be changing at some point i am sure but for the moment those are our beautiful beautiful best friends however don't want to make any kind of monthly pledge Honestly, not a problem. I understand that. However, you can go to ko-fi.com forward slash come along bond podcast and you can give us the price of a cup of coffee. One for me or one for Damla, one for both of us if you're feeling kind. KO-FI forward slash come along bond podcast. However, no money to give. Understandable. I don't have any money either. But you can email the show if you want to have your email read out you want to have a discussion with us you can be as cool as amy as george as jack email come on pompod at gmail.com we will read it we will enjoy it we will read out your thoughts and opinions you know again i appreciate it. sometimes there's a backlog but it will get read out at some point and you don't just have to shower us to praise you don't just have to ask questions you can do whatever you want we will always read it however None of that your thing, well, that is not a problem. You can support the show by engaging with us on social media or on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash come along pom podcast. Over there, we post fun little vignettes, hot girl chats, silly little goofy moments, a highlights, and a low lights. You can enjoy all the best bits in a video vertical format on your smartphone for your Gen Z brain. You can enjoy that over there and enjoy the hate comments. But your number one 
big boy, your one-stop shop for anything cap related is Instagram, Instagram.com forward slash come along bomb podcast. You can't miss us. We've got the same artwork everywhere. And over there we post, oh, God, so many wonderful little things. We've got reels. We've got stories. We've got posts. Occasionally we've got lives. We are hurtling towards 3,000 of you crazy people over there. It is the one place you can go to. If you want to get updates about the show, find out what we're doing next. Find out what spin-off we're talking about next. Find out if there's a day in an episode. And also, enjoy us. Send us a DM. We might get back to you. Sometimes it's hard, but we try. And we love y'all. But that is your one-stop shop. Instagram.com forward slash coming on Pond Podcast. But, with all that being said, thank you so much for listening. Honestly, thank you so, so much. I honestly just can't wait to get in Series 4. It's going to be a mammoth, but in the best way. But then also, halfway through Series 4, we're going to be getting new Doctor Who. Oh my god. Oh my god. The exact... When when the air dates are announced, we will actually be able to figure it out properly. But at the moment, it's looking like what we might do is record all the way up to midnight and then take a break to do the specials before we come back and do the three-part turn left, Soul Nerf, Journey's End finale, and our wrap-up like usual. Precisely. Um, that's kind of looking how it might. But it depends when they end up broadcasting these fucking things. Yeah, um, like who knows? I want them now, to be honest. Yep, me too. But at the moment, that's the big plan. Series four, with some fun little surprises along the way, and a break in the middle, or towards the end, yeah, the sixtieth, yeah. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. But that just leaves me to say again, thank you, Elliot, for recording with me as always. Even though we went over this, I just want to say thank you again because I love you, and <laughs> I love all of you who listen. I love you too. And we give you air from our lungs. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye now. Bye. I can't believe I recorded this whole episode wearing nothing but stockings. Amazing. Incredible. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.